What is up, listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the Keystone Chronicles podcast. I hope that you guys are feeling fine. I hope you are doing well. I have some huge news on my part, guys. I am more than happy to announce that I am a dad. And I just want to stand on the rooftops and shout it out and tell everybody, come see my little girl, because I am just more than proud, man. Uh, It's an unbelievable feeling. I never thought that I could uh, feel this way. I'm super happy and, and so grateful that my my wife, uh, she's so strong, guys. It was it was a it was a long journey to get to where we're at here and, and to have this this child. And I'm so happy to be able to wrap my arms around her and and love her and cherish her for for the rest of my life. So um, thank you guys for everybody that reached out. I really really appreciate all the prayers. And like I said, I just feel so blessed. And and I just don't understand how some people don't believe in miracles because i'm telling you guys i watched the whole thing go down and it's just unbelievable so with that being said on to this show and thank you guys for being patient as i get the family nestled back into our little home here this week's episode mr matt sipling the co-owner of bow creek outdoors guys when i stumbled upon a camera company based out of pennsylvania i i just i had to have it on here you know i I'm a big component of cameras. I use them. I probably run, oh, I would say probably 10 to 20 cameras uh, at any given moment. And just, I love checking them, man. Uh, cell cams are cool, and, and I have one or two of them, but I just love getting down and checking these, these cameras, especially when they're soaking for a long time. And those of you that understand where I'm coming from will we'll get that. That's just it's so exciting going to pull those camera cards. Guys, you need to check out Matt, and you need to check out his company, Bow Creek Outdoors. There, he's he's a veteran guy. Okay, this is a Pennsylvania-based company. He's got a couple separate cameras. You got to check out the quality of these cameras, man. I, I I can't say enough about Matt as a guy, but let's you know I want I want to really explain to you that these these cameras have a great photo quality and a great video quality. I, I really would like for you guys to give him a shot. Um, you know, get on there, get a hold of him. If you guys have any questions beyond the episode, uh, we touch on most of the types of cameras setting up the cameras and then of course you know i got to get into to my side of his thoughts on turkey season timings antler restrictions and you know i really got to get that knife in there and i got to dig a little bit and and pick his brain so i think you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation it's it's just just the the way that we love it here on the show and pennsylvania entrepreneur matt sipling thank you guys so much for tuning in here we go ladies and gentlemen Welcome back to the Keystone Chronicles podcast. Guys, with us this week, we're joined by Matt Sipling of Bow Creek Outdoors. I, I'm very excited for this conversation because Matt and I have been bullshitting here for about a half an hour <laughs> going into this, and we're, we got we got some real good, real good uh, feng shui here together. Um, Matt, how are you, man? Good. How are you doing? Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, it's exciting to have you on here, man. When I stumbled across a PA-based camera company, I said, here we go. I mean, this is a no-brainer. <laughs> this is this is exactly what we stand for here in, in this resident podcast. And uh, I'm excited to have you on, man. We're going to talk some cameras. We're going to talk uh, some hunting. And uh, maybe we'll talk, maybe uh, we'll throw in some, some things we'd like to see change or things that we really like about the state. So, yeah. Um, yeah, excited to, excited to talk to you. Let's do an introduction, brother. Who are you? Where are you from, and what do you do for a living? 
All right. Well, I'm Matt Sipling. Um, I'm originally from a small town in southern York County called Spring Grove, Pennsylvania. Um, when I grew up there, it was, I believe, around 1,800 people. It's since expanded significantly. Uh, There's no stoplight in the town. Uh, just nothing to do but be outdoors or get in trouble one or the other. Um, so right now, um, I still have my full-time job, which is I plan labor for a big retail and online, basically, clothing company. Uh, they do some yard stuff as well, like, uh, I don't know, lawn furniture, things like that. Okay. So I handle the East Coast distribution for that um, and then come home and work on Bow Creek. So what you're saying is your team no sleep. Yeah, team no sleep, about five hours a night, and go, go, go. I understand, brother. Yeah, I understand yeah. the whole entrepreneurship. I I, I, uh, I, salute you. I know what's going on there. <laughs> <laughs> Burning the midnight yeah. oil, as they would say, or, or uh, uh, up with the owls and up with the, up with the birds also. So. Yep. Um, so what, what was the idea, man? What makes us want to get into trail cameras? Well, I got to give that uh, to my brother. My brother, um, I started out in the deer feed business. Just um, I was in the military, deployed a lot, read a lot about deer health. When I came home, I just started making my own mix. It took me about seven years to get get it to where I wanted, you know, with the laws in PA. You know, I could go from about the end of January to the end of August mm -hmm. and just kept tinkering with it. And that ended up, people saw like some of my trail cam photos and were like, oh, can you make me some of that? Um, so I was like, okay, cool. Like I can make you that and you can basically pay for my deer feed. And uh, so naturally what goes with deer feed is cameras. Right. And my brother, my brother dove into that. Um, we had a business at the time that was doing uh trade show logistics we would build custom trade show displays and um i we just had time on our hands because a lot of it was big storage like the big custom exhibits that, that you see at any kind of trade show you go to mm -hmm. um so we would build those store them for our clients and then um he dove into it, and next thing I know, he just presented it to me. I mean, we, we were still working, making deer feed. You know, our busy months are really the end of deer season. People wanted to see, you know, what's still out there. And then um, really after turkey season goes, like that really explodes again. Um, June, July, August. For sure. Again, people want to see what's out there. And uh, – so he's like, hey, I found this camera, you know, I want to get some in. What do you think? And it's funny because our first order was like 40 cameras. And um, that was a stretch for us at that time. And then I think my last order uh, before trade show season was uh, right around 700 cameras. So it was just like, you know. You talk about the entrepreneurship part of it and you're like sitting here and you just feel like you have your moments where you feel like you're stuck <laughs> in the mud. And I'm sure, you know, from doing DJing for 16 years, like you're just like some days you're just like, 
what's going on here. But then when you write that check to buy that amount of cameras and you're like, wow, that's the most money I've ever sent <laughs> somewhere. And you're like, you know, but we have a great customer base, a great, you know, anytime we launch something, we do very well. Um, our customers are very loyal. Um, but so that that's how we ended up in cameras and I'm not even sure. We just released our cell camera last summer and I believe that was our seventh or eighth camera that we've launched in nine years. I don't believe we've had our BC 48 out for four years just because we can't find anything better um, to replace it. That's our high end um, 36 megapixel camera. Literally takes DSLR quality photos, mm. um, so it's kind of hard to find something to replace that. And I'm I'm just not into replacing cameras to come out with a new model. Um, if something works, I stick with it. And so, yeah, I believe that was our seventh or eighth camera. I'd have to sit here and go through all the numbers, but um, yeah. So that was that was a big undertaking. We tried for six years to get a camera that we felt proud enough to put our name on. And actually what we did was take the BC-48 and just add a cellular module to it. Um, so that's, that's where we ended up. And uh, that's going very well for us. Yeah, I... I, I would assume it is because I've seen the quality of the images and uh, <laughs> you ain't lying. The DSLR image is, is a great, it's a great example. And I seen some really cool pictures. I just was looking earlier there. Uh, someone had like a shadow and they had like the sun drop, the sun uh, setting in the background. And I'm like, man, that's one hell of a probably me. <laughs> I've gotten into, there's a guy on Instagram called trail camology mm -hmm. and, uh, He's really got me into doing more creative setups. So I have like my hunting cameras, but then I have essentially what are marketing mm -hmm. uh, pictures. Um, and sometimes I get lucky that we I just got one at the beginning of April, I believe it was, with a turkey with its wings spread really wide. That camera's not out yet, but um, it's one of our test cameras that should release this summer. Um but it was just awesome. I mean, I couldn't have framed it any better if I was sitting there taking the picture and the sun's coming through the turkey's wings and it was pretty awesome. But I'll set them up on rocks knowing I'm not going to get a lot of pictures, but I've gotten some cool ones. What I really want is like a bobcat coming through the rocks or a bear coming through the rocks. And But that hasn't happened yet. And that camera's been in the same spot for like three years. So I don't know if it'll ever happen, but did get some cool turkeys on that one um, but yeah try to get everything we tell customers not to do like set it up facing into the sunrise or sunset uh, i do that for some of our shots but right yeah um so you say you had two types of the trail cameras right you have the um the stereotypical stationary trail cam the one that you're going yep. to need to put your sd card in and then yeah. revisit to remove that SD card. And then you said you guys also uh, have the cell phone cameras now. Yep. Um, elaborate on that a little bit. You you know, what what are the advantages of each? If I had all the time in the world, I would 
I would only run SD cameras. Um, I love taking my dogs out, especially this time of year. Well, maybe not right now with turkey season, but mm -hmm. in the off season and just I'll run 40 cameras a year or 40 cameras at a time and just taking, I have two labs that I take with me and uh, I love just being out in nature and being able to pull cards, not knowing what I'm going to get. Mm -hmm. um, what I found myself is because I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not a huge fan of cell cams, but I know that's what the market is going towards because essentially you're selling people time. Right. Um, yep. And I know that's what I appreciate about it with, uh, you know, we talked about my son's hockey schedule and things like that. Yep. You're selling people time. Um, and we're going to launch a solar panel here soon that we've tested for eight months and, that thing's pretty awesome. Um, I haven't had to change batteries in any of my cameras. Um, I certainly wouldn't recommend it for public land because it's it's an eyesore, mm -hmm. um, but it's a good size panel. Um, what I have found personally is when I sit down at my computer with an SD card is I'm analyzing the picture more. Um, I'm analyzing where that deer is coming from, why it's doing what it's doing at that time of the day. Where if I pick up my phone and I look at my phone, I'm going, oh, that's a cool picture. And, I, and then I put it down and I don't necessarily go back and revisit it and even really think much of it, you know, where sometimes it'll take me four hours to check SD cards just because of how many cameras I'm running. Um, so... The advantages for cell cam, I think, is that it's selling you time. Um, that's a huge advantage. It's keeping you out of the woods. Um, you know, everybody talks about how often you should be in the woods, checking your cameras and things like that. So with our BC-52, like that thing has such long battery life. If I'm going to put something on a piece of public that I might not get to, um, I might just say, okay, I'm going to let this soak. I can let it soak for a year and come back. And chances are, if I'm only running picture, it's still going to have battery life. Um, so you can gather a lot of data with that camera. Um, but like I said, I, I just feel like when I'm checking cards and I'm sitting at my computer, I'm putting more thought into the picture. Cause like I say, I feel trail cameras are used for two reasons. A lot of people use it for entertainment, but if you use it for a tool, mm -hmm. you know, it can certainly help you a lot. Um, this year I had the cell cams out. I have, I think I have eight right now that I have out and not, I didn't hunt till October 28th. And when I finally went in, I got in on my target buck the very first day I was there. Um, I don't know if I'm crazy, but I, this year I was bound to determine to self-film on the ground without a blind. And I realized that's probably not the smartest thing to do. He busted me. <laughs> so, um, but I, I like the challenge of hunting um, and I like, I don't know. I've just fallen in love with ground hunting the past few years. So, 
I got to figure a different way next year. But <laughs> I, I will tell you, you know, I was raised um, to be a tree stand hunter, you know, and yeah. on, and, you know, dad said, Hey, you know, this works, you know, take, take this as you will. Right. Yeah. And, um, it's funny that that is the case because when I first started archery hunting, he didn't want me up in a tree stand. Right. Cause things can happen. I will right. say, you know, at that time, I know that, uh, safe tree stand safety has come a long way. Right. And sure. I remember my uncles and my dad and them, they probably only hunted like 10 feet off the ground, 12 feet off the ground in a wooden tree stand. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he built me a blind, right. We, we, we just put some sticks up and, you know, little like lean to like blind and sure as shit the biggest buck we have on our property comes up to me <laughs> and here i am 14 years old and i had a browning micromitis too and i there's some listeners out there that might know what that is and um compound bow pull the bow back yep. deer's probably what i thought was 18 20 yards and the deer was probably 30 and pull the bow back shot right underneath <laughs> <laughs> and from there forward, I was hooked. And, uh, one of my first experiences was on the ground and, you know, I never really turned back to the ground though. After that, I was up in the tree and, <laughs> and, and I've yeah. been very successful and very blessed since, but I think that the ground hunting game has become popular again because of, uh, your guys, the hunting public, uh, right. Right. Zach Farnball and them guys, uh, the untamed boys, um, there's a whole bunch of shout outs I could do. Um, but you know, they, uh, they're very good at what they do. And, and it's, it's, it's like, a if you're a good, I feel like if you're a good turkey hunter, I think you can bring some of that, uh, you know, the way you move and, and, you know, getting your movements time correctly and stuff into play. Cause you know, the hardest part about ground hunting is, you know, the draw. You know, once, right. once you're back, yep. you know, you're, you're set and you're ready to rock and roll, but how long are you going to have to yeah. hold the bow back? You know, you know how it is. Right. Yeah. I mean, that buck right there, I, I killed on the ground and, uh, it was just such an awesome experience. I'm like, I just want to keep doing this <laughs> and, but I wasn't filming, you know, that, that filming. And I think if, if I remember correctly, the hunting public tried to self film, few of theirs and now all of a sudden like they they were blowing hunts when they first started and now they have cameramen on all their hunts but uh i'm not i don't know that that's a fact but i feel like i feel like it might be yeah but yeah yeah, i don't know i just my son probably my favorite hunt ever my son killed a 10 point on the ground now he had a crossbow but uh it was it was pretty spectacular because I'm trying to teach him to be a woodsman, mm-hmm. you know. Um, he was allowed to kill his first deer. His, well, killed a doe and a buck out of a ground blind. And then after that, I was like, no more. And then I uh, killed his first turkey out of a ground blind. I was like, okay, no more. Um, plus, I like to run and gun with turkey hunting. and I, I think he can learn a lot more from doing that and using topography uh, to his advantage and things like that. So learning how to be a woodsman, you know, this is the Keystone Chronicles. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of pride in being a PA sportsman. I agree. I agree. Uh, Strong history. If you're a successful outdoorsman here in Pennsylvania, I'll say it right now. I feel like you can go to any state and be successful. Um, Uh, It's funny you say that because, like, uh, 
like I said, I was in the military and uh, I used to go to Kentucky turkey hunting. A buddy of mine had, it was just small 20 acres, but he had a field in the middle of a forest. And like I had other buddies down there, like friends of mine. And we went down there and we were filming. We could have killed probably 10 birds in two and a half days. And my buddies that were with us, they were hunting farms and they couldn't get anything killed. And the, the guy said to me, he's like, he goes, uh, man, how'd you guys do so good? I said, listen, we're from Pennsylvania. I'm like, that's like the Ivy League of hunting. I'm like, you got, you got to be a true woodsman. I'm like, this down here is like your local community college. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, that's how it is. And I'm yep. like, yeah, like, like our, our, birds get educated real quick our deer get educated real quick mm-hmm. um you know you got that many hunters in the woods like it doesn't take long for them to start picking up on things you know yep yep that's a fact man and it's funny like there's a lot of uh there's a lot of uh, data that will support you saying something like that or me saying something like that because if you jump on things like um youtube and stuff like that and you look at the analytics on uh, PA public hunting or PA, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you see that stuff and you see the, the amount of views, you know, there's other people in other states that are watching that saying, them boys are doing something right there. Right. Um, and, it's, you know, uh, you know, shout out to your Michigan guys, some other states out there, too, that are that, oh, yeah, for sure. that are really, really tough uh, to hunt, you know, but I will attest to the fact that, you know, I've been to Indiana, I've done my thing there, you know, Ohio, it, it's, and I'm not saying like, we're better than anybody, we're, I'm not saying that just there's a lot of pressure here. That's all it is, you know, right. and you, you have to, you know, when you're, when you're in a bucket of water, you either die or you learn to swim. Right. So right. you, you, you have to, uh, find a way and, and you do. And I think what you're doing with your, with your son's great, man, because the woodsman thing is a dying thing. Right. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And, um, there's just little things that you can pick up on and everybody, you know, you, you want to take the easy route, right? But, like, you don't just kill mature animals, whether that's birds, whether that's deer, you know, whatever whatever it is that you're hunting by taking the easy route. I'm not saying it doesn't happen for some people, but I'm saying the people that are doing it year in and year out, right, they're, you know, here's here's the, the handicap ramp or the elevator, if you will, and here's the here's the steps, right? And the yep. guys that are taking the steps are probably the ones that are, are having more success because they're, you know, they're going to see it all the way up. Or sometimes I like to compare it to driving across the country or flying across the country, right? You know, here's the quick and easy way and you're there, right. but along the way you didn't see all that other stuff. You know, you drove across, you got to see all that other stuff. So it's exactly. And it's funny. Like when I was listening to your podcast with uh, Aaron Pascarette and he said about going and, he didn't feel like he deserved uh it was I don't remember if it was his New York buck or his mm-hmm. PA buck, yeah. but you know, that happened to me with the biggest buck I killed. I had four days to hunt in one year and I, I killed my biggest buck ever. And it was like none of this makes sense. I've put in like years before I'd get out, maybe ten or twenty days, you know, in, in the archery season and here I kill this the biggest buck I ever killed, it's 40 degrees, which is hot on New Year's Eve with a 15 mile an hour wind. Like none of it made sense. But what I knew from past history was they'd like to go down to this 
hayfield because it was really the only thing they had to eat in the area. And I was going to shoot a doe. Like I just wanted meat. Mm -hmm. And um, I get there, had, had my camera up for two weeks and there was a giant buck on there every, uh, I think it was like, he was either there every other day, every third day, you know, it kind of rotated. And a buddy of mine came up from Maryland to film it. That was back before like, the 4k cameras that really kept the light real well. So it was in the last half hour, but you know, and he's, he's videotaping me after the recovery. He's like, say something. And I'm like, I couldn't, I couldn't say anything because it was a tough year uh, personally. And like, none of it was making sense. Mm -hmm. You know, here I am sitting over this buck. I hunted three days this year, years past, you know, I'd, kill a good buck every other year at that time and uh like it just didn't make sense so like the work you put in in the past and you use that history that's the reason that came together and it sounded like that's the way it was for Aaron as well Mm -hmm. and it's like sometimes you feel like if it's not tough I don't deserve it you know and I think that's like a PA mentality (laughs) it is is. it's like you go to Kentucky turkey hunting and it was damn, damn near a slam dunk and you're like, well, this is kind of fun. You know, every once in a while, it's okay to have fun. Like, <laughs> you know, get an easy hunt in here or there. Yep. But it's bittersweet really, is what it is. Easy. Right. Yeah, it is. Because you, you look you look back at it and you're like, man, as much as, you know, last year really burnt me and, and really, you know, just kicked the dog shit out of me. You, <laughs> you, you get away with one, right? right? And you have a good year. But the thing is, like, and I remember talking to Aaron about this, you know, it's super bittersweet, but then you can focus on, hey, my buddy needs my help. My son needs yeah. my help. My dad needs my help. My brother needs my help, right? Yeah. And, and and that's just as much fun. And you know that from oh, experience. Yeah. And, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's a PA pride thing, man. And that's why this show is right. um, successful. And that's why your camera company has a good reputation immediately because – uh, you know the outdoor space in Pennsylvania is really good, and yeah. there's there yeah, the guys are great. they're knowledgeable and they're you know from all the people that I know, the history and heritage of Pennsylvania hunting and fishing and outdoor activities all together is really good. So yeah, people take a lot of pride in that. They really do. Um, so I would like to get into when we go out and set up cameras, right? Let's talk mm-hmm. about some of the best practices that we can do in setting up cameras and uh, what we might look for to where we want to set them up. Yeah. Um, I think that really depends on uh, obviously the species I sent uh, this time of year. I set my cameras a little lower just because of Turkey. Mm-hmm. Like I'm more interested in the Turkey. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but if I'm, if I'm setting up for deer, which, you know, I think the majority of people are probably looking at that angle more than turkey just based on how many people hunt the species. But Mm -hmm. what I'm doing is I'm going to that spot on the trail that I'm looking for where I expect that deer to cross that trail or, or whatever trail they're using. I kneel down and, and get like squat down, basically get eye height and pick that spot on a tree. And that's where I hang it. Um, I don't say go hip high on the tree or anything like that because you have topography of the trail. Um, You know, you could be set up above the trail, below the trail. Um, 
The other key thing I think that's important is setting your camera up on a 45 degree angle. I see a lot of people uh, set it up parallel to the trail, like at a 90 degree angle. Um, if you're not like our trigger speeds are all 0.3, which sometimes that's too fast. Um, I'll, I'll set them on three pictures. Um, if it's during the rut, I'll change it. Um, I might set it up on picture plus video um, just in case that doe's coming through and you don't want to miss that buck on the back end mm -hmm. or some of our cameras go anywhere from five to six pictures. I might set it up on a six picture burst, um, but set it up 45 degrees. If you have like a 0.8 second trigger speed and all you're getting is the ass end of the deer, try setting it up on a, on a 45 degree angle. Um, that gives the deer more time to move through that trigger range and it hopefully will trigger sooner um, to where you're not getting that ass end of the deer anymore. Um, That's a good point. For turkeys, I'm looking for like, if if you have history with the area, strut zones, I love pictures of strutting turkeys. Been fortunate enough to get a couple gobbling this year. Um, I love running video on turkeys, just all our cameras have front-facing microphones, so it picks up the sound really well. Um, some companies, the microphone is underneath, which kind of muffles the sound. Mm -hmm. um, so if you know those areas where they're strutting, you know, a flat on a ridge or something like that, um, that's where I like to put them. Um, deer really depends. I mean, the way our season starts um, you almost have to transition your cameras from September to October. Like I'm going to try and find like an Oak flat or something like that. Or even if you go into the woods and listen for like a, a tree, you know, that's dropping acorns and you can find that hot tree similar to how, how really you should be hunting that time of year. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll set them up there. Um, you know, if you're fortunate enough to have field edges, obviously, any kind of, I guess this really depends. Uh, I like points and topography and stuff that they're going to move around uh, to try and catch them off guard. You know, I guess it just depends on the area you're hunting. Any kind of fringe habitat, you know, they love those uh, transitions from oaks to hardwood or pines to hardwoods. Um, really any kind of any kind of change in vegetation. Yeah. Um, I had an older gentleman tell me one time, and I, I live by it. Um, this was years and years and years ago, but he said, you know, deer are creatures of um, uh, edge. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, and, and, and I believe that to be true for not just deer, but a lot of animals, right? Um, yep. You know, where do you find your squirrels? Where do you find your rabbits? You know, even yeah. your turkeys, if you hunt fields, you probably kill birds, right? Right. <laughs> um, a lot of guys like to shoot the, the birds that are in the woods. I get it. I, you know, that's, you can yeah. find where they're all roosted up and catch them coming out of the roost. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. But, yeah. uh, you know, if it's raining, I know that when we're turkey hunting, that's going to, you're going to catch me looking for a field edge somewhere, but. Yeah, absolutely. And I, we actually just talked about this on the show not too long ago. We said, uh, you know, we had some theories and stuff, and we said, uh, 
you know, other than feed, right? Like some worms and stuff like that in the, in the rain mm-hmm. that the birds might be out there because maybe they just can't hear very well with the, uh, yeah. with the, with the rain. And then, you know, the predators can get up on them a little easier and they want to flock yeah, up out in the open. Or, you know, another thing would be like right after the rain drying out their, their wings. I mean, I just feel yeah. like I don't point. know much about Turkey. Like, I just feel like, I feel like everything I've learned is just, I, I've learned through just hunting. Like my, my family, I didn't grow up in a turkey hunting family, mm-hmm. um, but I forget where I was going with that. But like everything I've learned has just been to experience mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to stay above them whenever you're calling. Uh, if they're above you, trying to get parallel to them. Like if you're, I, I hunt mountains, so I mean, we got busted youth day. Um, trying to beat them across the ridge, trying to get ahead of them on a ridge and they beat us to the spot. But um, I just feel like they're easier to call up than they are down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that everybody yeah. I've ever talked to will, will gladly agree with you on that one. And I, yeah. it, it, you know, it's, it's definitely got something to do with the way that they see, you know. Yeah, that's what I say. I, I, everything in the woods is trying to kill them. Like, like not everything, but I mean, like. Well, they, they have enough predators. That's for damn sure. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's probably one of the heaviest, you know, predatorized creatures in the woods. And it's funny because it's they always know when I'm hunting them, right? Like I can run <laughs> into a whole flock of them and they just, you know, whoa, whatever, buddy, you know, it ain't Turkey season. And then come Turkey season, you know, they're, they know they're being hunted. And I, I mean, I think I test to, to the deer being the same way, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Cause I just went up to my lease Tuesday night. I just needed a break and I'm like, I'm going for a walk. And, uh, uh, it was no, I'm not some great stalker or anything, but I'm in blue jeans and a gray sweatshirt. And I look above me, and there's a deer. I'm like, I'll see how close I can get to this thing. Mm-hmm. I got to 20 yards, and it finally turned around and looked at me. I mean, it was probably a year and a half old deer or a year year old deer right now. But um, I was like, that wouldn't happen in deer season. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's a lot of fun though man that's that's what yeah. this is why we do it and and we love it and uh this is this is where we get our, our rocks off so yeah um as far as everything uh else going over some of the camera stuff you know what uh what do you do you uh prefer as far as when you're setting up your cameras uh directional you said you know you're doing a 45 degree angle and then there's certain ways you don't want to face the camera. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, so you want to try and face try and face them north as much as possible. Um, our cameras are pretty good at not triggering on the sun, um, but I've I know when we first started, some of our cameras would just be triggered by the heat of the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ones we have, probably our last four that really hasn't affected it. Um, so if you're looking for creative shots and everything, I had one camera now that the leaves are on it, uh, on the trees, it's not as cool, but I had it on the top of a mountain facing South and the mountain behind it is the Appalachian trail. And I don't know, I just kind of thought that was cool to always have that in the background. 
and then I have one that faces directly into the sun for uh, sunset pictures, trying to get deer coming down this logging road with the sun setting. But um, just for everyday use, um, you want to try and face it north as much as possible to keep that sun glare out of it. Um, but like I said, with, with the cameras we have now, it doesn't really matter too much. Right. I got you. And then as far as running them on public lands, do you, mm -hmm. um, do you say, Hey, maybe try using, uh, like tie wire paracord instead of the yep. strap. Um, yeah, I do that with all of mine. I hunt, uh, Maryland, um, or I used to, I didn't this year, but, uh, in the one year I had 14 different people on camera and I wasn't running a lot of cameras. I think I was running uh, four and, um, you know, what I would do is I have a hawk climbing stick with a aider on the bottom mm -hmm. and I would use that to get up um, and then mount it up higher and face down on the trail. I think uh, the the camera we're coming out with this summer and we're hoping to have the cellular version as well is a wider angle. And we were thinking of the public land hunter um, mounting them in a tree for that purpose. Uh, sometimes you mount it up and you have your traditional 45 or 54 degree field of view. You're only getting that spot where this is more, I believe it's 100 or 105 degrees. So you get that wider view, mm -hmm. um, be perfect for putting them up in the tree and angling it down and, and getting um, a little bit wider of an area. Similar to a spotlight versus a floodlight. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. That's, we had one, uh, I think it was our second camera, third camera. Um, but what I didn't like about that one was it had more of a GoPro lens to it, the fisheye. Okay. And I got fooled a couple of times on bucks that I thought were pretty big and they weren't because <laughs> uh, they were on the edge of the picture. And I was like, holy cow. And uh, then I see the buck in person and I was like, hmm, that's definitely him. And he's not as big as he is in the picture. <laughs> uh, so this doesn't have that. What? Uh... But yeah, I, just, I put them all up um, and we do a lot. We do several trade shows a year and we get that complaint a lot. Well, I can't buy your camera because I hunt public land, and it's a shame uh, that people can't just leave things alone. But true, you know, I've had people steal cards. I've had I've, the only camera I ever had stolen was on public land, and yes, I know this isn't legal, but it was it was lagged to a tree <laughs> with a bear box on it. Um, it was before I started Bow Creek, and it was one of the first like cutty backs from probably 25 years ago now. Um, and they had a screw that would go in through the middle of the camera. So I had to screw through the middle of the camera, had it on the bear box. The bear box was lagged to the tree with a padlock on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, you could see where somebody took a crowbar to it and pried it off the tree. And this was, I think uh, it's about five miles back in on the, on public. But That's a long way in for someone to be in there fooling around, too. Yeah, so you know they saw it, and then they went and got their crowbar and mm -hmm. came back. I'm like, 
well, good luck figuring out the five-digit security code yeah. on there, too. My buddy lost one to a chainsaw on Game Land, so <laughs> I don't know if it was one of the Game Land's workers or, you know, right. uh, you know, where he was in his spot or what was going on there. I don't know. That's honestly, that year is what made me get a lease because I had lost so much, had so much stuff stolen. Yeah. And uh, we had a deer cart stolen that we kept back there because it was so far back in. Uh, didn't want to let drag that back every time. Had numerous tree stands stolen that year. Uh, had that camera stolen. Somebody stole a card out of one of the cameras, um, which I'd rather them steal the card than take the whole camera, but it's still disheartening. Yeah, I mean, if it's been soaking for a long time and you really want to know what's <laughs> on it, damn, sometimes yeah. I'd just take the whole freaking thing, buddy. Holy hell, you already yeah. ruined my hopes and dreams. <laughs> um, yeah. That does suck, but when you know when you are, like, if you get them up real high or whatever, like say let's let's say we're using, um, I think you said it was the forty eight is the uh, is the non cellular. Is that yeah? Okay. So it's the non cellular. Say I'm using one of them, right? And here's a scenario: I climb up and I put that camera up top. Um, I'm on a stick, and I want to see. Uh, what that picture looks like do those have view or do you is there a a way that you set it up so that you know that it's taking what i end up doing is if when i'm up there is uh i'll always have like my lineman belt on Mm -hmm. while i'm hanging yep and then i just take my phone and i put it on the lens i got you keep it with the angle of the camera and take a picture and that'll give you a good view of what of what you're going to be seeing. What you should see. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's it. That's a great technique to use, and and I I I do use the same for sure, and it and it works. Yeah, they all have viewfinders on them, mm-hmm. um, so you could wait, you know, a couple seconds and until the picture. red light stops flashing, and and then look at it on the viewfinder. All of our cameras have viewfinders, um, which you know helped me kill my biggest buck ever like i wouldn't have known i would add uh either have a card reader with me or uh take it home and see the see the card i passed up doe that first night so just because i saw it on the viewer and then a couple other guys that hunted or helped me that same year that was our first no we've always had a viewfinder on every camera except one um but just having that knowledge right there, um, I think is super helpful. Yeah, I I agree um, tenfold there. Um, you know, what, what I like to do and what my practice is as far as running my trail cameras is I will run uh, 16 to 32 gigabyte cards, depending on if they're yep. picture mode or video. You know, I'm running the 32s mm-hmm. in a video, of course, and the 16 I run in the picture modes. And that helps me um, differentiate which card goes where just by looking at the at the gigabytes of the card and then on top of that i have sharpies and i mark the inside of the camera with a certain color sharpie so that i know that i can try to keep these two cards you know each camera gets two cards so that i can flop them in and out you know if i go in and check this goes here that goes there and and that we have a real go ahead that that has really definitely helped me that and not being lazy and naming the cameras or putting something on the camera that says camera three, camera four, you know, right. um, you know, uh, hog back, 
uh, pinch, yes. right? Uh, old yes. tree, oak, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. But it, it, the, the neat thing about our cameras is I, I think sometimes people think a lot of the problems with people's cameras is actually not the camera. It's the SD card. Mm-hmm. Um, all of our cameras have a menu function to format your SD card. So if no matter what brand camera you're using, you should always try and format your card. Um, I've literally had people send cameras back and uh, I'll tell them on the phone, did you format your card? Yes. I'll put an SD card in and it works. And I'm like, listen, I can't duplicate your problem. Like your SD card is bad mm-hmm. and they won't believe me. <laughs> and then uh, they'll go to Walmart and I'll send it back and they're like, oh, that worked. I'm like, yeah, like I know people that think they have bad cameras and I'll tell them, well, like even if it's not our camera, like they'll stop by the booth and you hear all their complaints about other companies. Mm-hmm. And it's like, listen, like I try to just help the sportsman, like, oh, yeah. whether it's my camera or not, like try formatting your card or try a new SD card, like. Um, so many problems um, just because of SD cards. And I know people that do what you do um, with trying to keep the same cards. I know since what I found out through all my cellular testing is that even if you keep the same card on a cellular camera, like it doesn't always work. Um, You still have to format it the next time you put it in. Um, to the exact same camera hmm. and it i don't know why uh, i don't know why it's so different with cellular um, but that was i've i've tested so many cellular cameras over the past six years trying to get one to to put our name on and uh, they were all the same way yeah i can tell you um you know it took the cheap way out years and years and years ago and bought the uh the spy point uh whenever they first come I'm out sorry and yeah right <laughs> yeah no um, i'm serious you ask anybody that works our booth like yeah i'm pretty sure they stopped coming to the harrisburg show but they would that is the brand we hear the most complaints about oh i mean i can understand I'm like, oh their booth is right up right up there and then we watch yeah <laughs> yep yeah i because you know one of those you know should have spent the extra money on whatever brand and um Got what I paid for because we had it on the lease. Um, we had a lease in Indiana. We were getting pictures of giant deer, and yeah. you know, you know, three weeks before we get there, it decides it's going to quit working. Lithium batteries, the whole shebang. You know, should have should have worked flawlessly. For you know, yeah. card formatted everything, and I figured, well, you know, uh, you know, the connection must not be that good because there's no way it's that the batteries are dead. So, you know, when we get there, we'll check. We'll just check the camera card, you know, and yeah, there was nothing on it. <laughs> it was somebody, on. But... Somebody told me the key to uh, success with a spy point is to never turn it off. So replace one battery at a time. I don't know how they work, but they're like, if you don't turn it off, they work great. And I'm like, well, it, at least you figured it out. Yes. <laughs> I'll gladly sell mine to anybody listening. <laughs> it's just collecting dust here. So, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, I yeah, we'll get you a Bow Creek one. That's what I'm talking about. I'll get a little <laughs> PA pride going here. That's that's that's, right. that's what I need. Um, so I I want to touch on some of the shit that's going on with with cameras because I use cameras. Um, I like using them. I get entertainment out of them. Although I am deliberate when I use them, right? I'm I'm not just gonna set this here to bird watch per se. You know, right. hunting to me is not a spectator sport, if you will. Yeah. Um, you know, I know what I'm there for. I know why the camera's going there. And I use it as a toll, and I really enjoy using it too, right? Um, yeah, same. So i seen some stuff going on in some other states, right? Mm-hmm. And we have this political thing now, right? We're going to – now the politicians, they got to dip their toes in this water over here, you know, mm-hmm. in it. Kansas. Right. Correct. So I just want to um, just touch on your views on that real quick and just see uh, what your feelings are. Yeah, I think it's like anything, right? Like uh, you're going to have your bad apples that use it for the wrong reasons. So then they're, you know, outside their backyard or something. They have land behind their house and, uh, oh, there's a deer back there. Let me go on the back porch and shoot it. You know, uh, that kind of stuff. And that's with anything. I really, I, I know there's stuff about live streaming too. Um, again, that's on the ethics of the individual. I, I feel. I, agree. Um, I, I know, I'm not. I like cell cameras, but like I said earlier, if it was up to me, like, mm-hmm. and it is up to me. But I mean, you feel more connected. Like, I, I love going and pulling cards. Mm-hmm. Um, me too. But I also know that this year they definitely helped me. I mean, if I was a better shot, like it would have helped me a lot. But uh, not going in the woods, uh, not having that pressure on my on on the deer herd. Um, saw a ton of bucks this year. Um, got to see two out of three of my shooters in the one week that I took off to hunt. Um, and the deer just seemed to be more natural than when I was in the woods pulling cards all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, if it went away, would I be heartbroken? Probably not. I mean, to be honest with you, we sell a lot more traditional cameras than we do cell cams. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be our price point. You know, our price point isn't a hundred dollars. Um, but the next cell cam we release will be a, uh, probably a more middle market where the one we have now is a high end. Um, so I don't know. I mean, to me, it's all on the ethics of the individual and, and, you know, obviously there's bad apples in every, everything. And there is, you know, I think, I think the key is like as sportsmen and anything, like we need to stick together. Like I had this conversation the other day, do I want to hunt? Uh, deer with dogs not all the time but I tell you what I'd like to go down sometime and see it mm-hmm. you know but that's that's how the guys in say Virginia Mississippi grew up right. that's that's what they know yep. uh, you know the guys like you can bait in every state around us right. you know, Ohio, Maryland, yep. West Virginia yep. Delaware uh, New Jersey can't bait here um, 
I've hunted deer over bait in Maryland. It's not as easy as people think it is. Mm -hmm. Like they come in so skittish, you know, they're ducking arrows left Mm -hmm. and right. Um, I, I like just, it's regional, right? Like understanding the regional, uh, I guess, culture of, of different, the culture of different areas. Like I enjoy going, sitting in the woods and, you know, trying to snipe that deer, you know, when I was in the military, I'm stationed in Arizona hunting with one of my buddies that lived there. And he's like, all you guys do is snipe. I'm like, well, come back there. Like we don't have all this open area to sit here in glass and make a move on something. Like we're hunting mountains that are, can't see more than 80 yards, you know, (laughs) that and you don't have a choice. You gotta, you gotta try and figure it out. Right. That and you were in the woods for seven days and you seen three deer. (laughs) right yeah yeah but man but um like so i don't i don't like the politicians being involved in it like i mean i read i read the quotes from kansas and i'm like like the one guy said something ridiculous to the to the effect of well people don't like having their picture taken you know (laughs) your picture okay so then ban security cameras at walmart Mm -hmm. you know and security cameras everywhere then if people don't like your picture taken yeah. i mean they what take they, your picture and eating tickets and take it at, at the easy pass they're, like, all, they're all vampires or what <laughs> right but right. So like their reasoning didn't make sense to me um like i don't know i I feel like there was obviously some sort of money involved oh, um, my goodness. to get that decision put through because they should have spent a little more time thinking through what they said because what they said really didn't make any sense. They said, oh, well, if I stick a tra-, the other quote I heard was something to the effect of, well, if I stick a trail camera here, I'm claiming this area. Mm-hmm. It's public land. Like, you, you don't claim an area. Like, we're not, you know, early settlers claiming our 40 acres here. Mm-hmm. Like, people have access to it. Yeah. But I, I don't like... I don't like the way things are moving in that direction. I understand people's concerns over cellular, um, but you know, it's the same, like uh, it might be a bit extreme, but it's the same as putting a gun in the wrong person's hand. You know, like we don't want guns to be banned just because this guy who probably isn't even allowed to have a gun just went and shot somebody, mm-hmm. you know? So you're going to have your bad apples and everything. Um, what I do like about cellular is the fact that it sells me time. Um, just being a busy person. Right. Uh, the guys that like cellular, like we have customers that buy a lot, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but this outdoor show, we sold way more traditional cameras than we did cellular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think, you know, like you were saying, there's a, there's a niche there for the cellular mm-hmm. camera guy. And I think that that is the guy that is, you know, busier than a monkey with six dicks, if you will. He, you know, <laughs> that's the guy that's, or, you know, your lease guys, you know, your lease yeah. men and women that they, they have, um, you know, lease in this state or lease in that state, which right. that, that for sure. Like I, I can definitely attest to that because I have been there and I have used it. Um, and, and we do run cellular cameras uh, on, on the lease that we had. Uh, fortunately it's yeah. gone, but um 
the the connection I think you get, like you said, with the other cameras is you're, you're more connected because you're out there and you're moving around. And then when you get up there, you know, your camera's facing this way. And that deer has been doing this and doing this. And your cellular cam's yeah. here, right? But you went out, and when you're walking up on that camera, you've seen that that deer's been doing this, right? Yeah. So I think, you know, in the long run, that's preferably what you want. But if you need eyes on, right. on the ground, you know, your cell camera is definitely going to be that guy for you and get there for you. As far as the politics in it, you know, we the hunters are going to make that decision, not politicians. And that's that's where I think that there's a there's a there's a cry like, hey, you know, we can't have this shit going on. And like you said, the number one thing that we need to do is come together because I'm sick of seeing people say, oh, you know, screw crossbows. I'm sick of uh, of people saying, oh, you know, um, oh, screw the rifle hunters. Rifle hunters saying, oh, all you you know, all you archery guys do is wound deer. Um, you know what I mean? And, but yeah. it's always funny though. Cause I brought this up the other day. I said, then you would just have the trad guys that are just out over here hanging out and they're just like smoking pot, hanging out like, Hey man, yeah, whatever you guys do your thing. We get five yards away from a deer, you know, or right. a turkey or whatever. Right. <laughs> I'm not saying they all smoke pot. I'm just making a generalization, but, <laughs> but I, I, I get it, man. Like, and that's what we need. We need more. I'm, I swear to God, the trad community is wonderful. It's, it is awesome. And I, we need more of that because, like, I like, can't like shoot a regular bow, so I don't need to get into <laughs> right, right, right. But you have, you know, that's that number one thing. That crossbow, that archery thing, that that's got to go. You know, if if it's a legal means, we're we're doing it, and that's that's right. that's the end of it too. You know, I, I, I yeah, the whole crossbow thing. Like the guys that pick it up thinking it's a rifle, right? They quickly find out it's not. Right. You know what right. I mean? So. Um, one of my good friends is a state cop and, and he worked a lot of hours and he's like, well, I don't have the, I, when I, I want to go to the woods and it's the same with my son right now. He can shoot a regular bow and he's very good at it. But last year he got one day to hunt and, you know, I'm like, take your crossbow, you know, uh, cause I know, you know, shoot a couple times. He's accurate with it where the bow like you get like if he gets one day, like I want him to have the best chance possible to have success. Now he he didn't have any success, but you know we need people that are gonna get outdoors and gonna gonna fight for our right for the for the land, you know the public lands, everything else. When people are attacking us, because the bottom line is like hunting is becoming less and less popular you know people are busier um so the more people we have in the hunting community um the better for us now i guess you could argue too maybe those people aren't as passionate as the trad hunter maybe they're not as passionate as the compound hunter um you know but like i don't know i mean it just seems like we're we're killing ourselves from the inside mm -hmm. through uh, just divisiveness, you know, and people see that as a weakness and that's when they're going to attack it and take away our stuff, yep. you know, our, our land, our, our rights to hunt, our trail cameras. Like, I don't know, like it's just that, that reading that whole Kansas article just irked me. Mm -hmm because of that stupid saying, the, the stupid comment from the guy saying, well, 
people just want to be out here. They, they don't need their picture taken. And it's like, your picture is taken everywhere. Right. Literally everywhere you go. If you leave your house on any given day and enter a store, your picture is taken. Yep. But that's not a problem. But you might wander by a camera in the woods and now that's a problem. Like, there's less people being affected by a trail camera taking their picture than having your picture taken at every cash register you're at. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree with you tenfold. You know, that's that's the message that goes out to all of the outdoorsmen that listen to this. If you can do any one thing, get as many people as you can into the outdoor sport because it right. is we are every single one of us is a dying breed, whether we like it or not. And, um, you know, the other thing that I always mention is, you know, the kids or the people that need to be introduced to this, these, that's the next generation. You know, I, I don't know how else to put it. So, you know, the guys that that know that a kid needs a mentor or even an adult needs a mentor, right? We got to step up. We got to do it. We got to take care of them. We got to show them the ways. And, uh, that's the only way that there's going to be a future in this. So. We have a friend from the Philadelphia area. My friend Matt calls him his fresh air kid. Uh, <laughs> he got him into hunting, and and this guy just loves it, you know. And he's my age. Uh, I'll get his name out here, Joe McPeak. That'll make him feel good. Uh, so Joe's Joe's the fresh air kid, and uh, you talk about like a backwards way to start hunting. He he went turkey hunting shot a bearded hen for his first turkey <laughs> nice. in spring out and then uh his first deer uh his first doe was a button buck i'm like man you're just doing everything backwards <laughs> yeah. but uh he loves it he's just ate up with it and uh anytime we get together he just picks my brain and you want to feel like uh feel like something you forget how much you know until you teach somebody or have conversations with people like that. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of the same with uh, when I took my son hunting, you know, and just the things that you don't even realize that you know until, like, you're teaching somebody new. And it, it really reinvigorates you to, like, get out there and teach more people. Yeah. Well, you know, what that is is there's no – better fulfillment than helping someone else right yeah yep. yeah once you're bringing value to other people and that's why i feel so good about having guys on and doing this show because there's value being had here by somebody somewhere yeah. and that's you know that's what i can do i see i see the downloads on some of the episodes are higher than the other and i always think boy maybe that's that's a good amount of people and if i was in an auditorium that's a lot of people but if it was this many people, that's still a lot of people. So we're right. we're winning. We're doing something. We're doing something good here. Um, yeah, but I, I I did want to uh, touch on. So in our state here, Pennsylvania, um, I'd like for you to discuss on one thing that you think we're doing right as far as any game laws or fishing regulations. Um, since you are an outdoorsman on that end, or it could even be on the spectrum of state parks or anything like that, anything in the outdoor space. And then on the flip side, you got to give me something that you'd like to see maybe possibly changed. Oh boy. The the things I think we're doing right is uh, twofold that I really like. And I'll probably lose customers over this, but uh, The start of turkey season. I, I love where we start with turkey season. I see it every year. Post pictures 
you know, to trail cam website or Facebook pages or anything, and there's a bird strutting in March, and it's like, well, by the time our season starts, the, the, it's all over, and it's like, no, no, it's not. Like, I feel like it, that's timed pretty well. Um, I actually have more success the last two weeks of our season than I do the first two weeks, um, and I think that might just be the flock I have. Uh, get a lot of evening pictures, um, so uh, I, I like the start of our turkey season. Uh, the other thing I like is uh, antler restrictions. Um, I just I just feel like from the time I was a kid uh, till now. Uh, definitely seeing a lot more uh, higher class deer. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing I would like is the people that don't agree with that and say they're just a meat hunter. 90% of you aren't shooting does. So don't tell me you're a meat hunter. <laughs> yeah. Call it how it is. It, call it how it is because, yeah, come on, let's go, you know. <laughs> or, yeah. or you know, you know, I take a picture of a four-and-a-half-year-old deer, deer that I shot and it's three times bigger than a year and a half, two year old buck. Like, right. It's, I do feel like we're doing a lot right, though. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't pheasant hunt. Um, I have a few times. I, I wish I could do it more, but deer is the thing I like the most. So, unless I kill a buck early, um, that's not going to happen. You know, I'm, I'm deer hunting. Um, and after that, I need to fill my doe tags. Uh, so I don't get to pheasant hunt much, um, but everything I've heard from pheasant hunters, they really like the pheasant tag. Um, clearly a lot more birds go into it. There's more money put into it. Um, yeah. I remember my dad and grandfather pheasant hunting before I could hunt. And, you know, we had a German short hair and my grandfather had a black lab. And so we had a pointer and a flusher. And, um, so I, I remember them and I remember walking with them before I could hunt and the amount of birds. I mean, we're not Iowa or Kansas or anything right. like that. Right. Every, all the feedback I've heard about the pheasant tag has been good. Um, as far as what I don't like, I, I'll probably get murdered for this too. I would like, uh, I hunt Maryland and like we, we can go down there. We have a good chance at a velvet buck, you know, the first week, but then their season continues straight through till the end of January. Mm -hmm. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like Sunday hunting and longer seasons. Yeah. So well, start hating on me about the deer numbers and everything else, but. You're going to fit right in with, I think, the common core, you know, especially, I don't want to go down the road because I've, I've talked about it way too much, but the Sunday hunting, obviously. And, um, yeah. you know, as far as the season length, so, you know, our whole, a lot of surrounding states are the same where yeah. that archery season comes in and it don't come out until late January. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty normalized across the board, you know. I know we have a I lot mean, more. In Kentucky, they can hunt black powder during during the rut, right. and they can use inlines. You know, um, I don't know. The Sunday hunting thing bothers me. Just having a youth hunter, yeah. you know, and sports schedules and things like that. Yep. And there's been many times um, 
hopefully none of his teachers listen to this podcast, but uh, I've taken him out of school just so he could go hunt. Mm-hmm. We, we had to do it this year, had to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he got his first buck, I had a buck on camera. It was Friday. Saturday was opening. No. Yeah, Saturday was opening day of archery. And um, we couldn't go. And Sunday I went up to pull the card. And I see that this buck was on camera Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I told my wife, he's not going to school tomorrow. Right. Like, sorry. And he ended up shooting his first buck that day awesome. which is way more memorable than whatever he would have been taught in school that day <laughs> right you know like it's one day but mm-hmm. you know i just feel like getting kids out there is important but again there's political stuff behind that as well and yeah yep yeah it's a it's that's the way i was raised too the, you know the ladies in the office in the school they knew where dad was taking us yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> half a day on friday and we won't be back until tuesday or you know yeah. all that stuff but yeah you know there's nothing wrong with that right you're you're leaving school no. to go get an ad, an outdoors education that's the yeah. way that my dad always brought it up and 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 told them you know well they're just going to get educated and you know my my woodsmanship it shows yep. and uh, I think the beauty and what my dad did for my brother and I was he's better at reading some things than I am. And I'm better at reading some of the other things. So when we go somewhere together, we, we can, we can really win. Uh, yeah, but I, I agree with you on everything you said. I, I, and I, I figured I would, because it's a pretty common, <laughs> it's a common thing. I will tell you, the state of Pennsylvania has now extended the small game season to the beginning of September, which is humongous for especially youth yeah. hunters, right? So now yep. you can get out and shoot squirrel and stuff in, in the early right. season. And then also the second season is really good for your pheasants, your uh, your uh, your squirrel, your rabbit, right? Um, yeah. But I think that those are some of the things we're doing right, and I just wanted to throw that in there. But there is one thing that we did talk about, and I just have to throw this in there before before we start wrapping this up here. So in all the surrounding states, right, uh, there's there's baiting and stuff like that. And I, I like would like to ask some people a question, and I've never really got a, a, a concrete answer on this because I use calls, right? Right. I rattle, I grunt, I bleat. I've killed more bucks bleeding than any other tool that I have in my bag. And is that baiting? Right? Yeah, true. Um, I bring that up I mean, to some people true. and they're like, son of a bitch, I never thought about that. Or you have some guys that use uh, like some deer pee and stuff like that. Or, I right. mean, now I know, you know, when, we, when, when you say baiting, you know, but you'd have to look up the definition really. And I... Yeah. That's the word that they use and they say, you know, no baiting, but we can use calls and stuff like that. So I I personally don't advocate for the for the feeding of, of deer right. during the season. Um right. because I, I just don't think that you need to do it. I I think right. that I don't think you need to do it in Pennsylvania. I mean, I understand why they do it in Texas. Uh, right. Right. I some of the places I've hunted in Maryland like are just thick as crap. Um, and to pull them out, like you, you, you can do it there. Um, 
if it's legal, like I don't mind doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't feel it's something I need to do. Um, I I love, like I read a lot of Charlie Alzheimer uh, stuff before he passed away. And um, like, I felt like a lot of what he dealt with in the Appalachian Mountains of New York is a lot of what I dealt with hunting. Um, at that time I was hunting state game lands 211, which is like, 44,000 acres and and you know you see three deer a day it was a good day mm-hmm. uh, but there was giants up there and like just some of the stuff not all of it uh but the majority of what he said like seemed to translate into what i saw in the woods um, but he had one one thing that always stuck with me was mountain deer tend to use 11 different trails um, so already going into the woods if you knew all 11, you have a 9% chance, right? Right. <laughs> Where uh, farm farm deer tend to use, I think it was, it was five or six, you know? Wow. Um, so I don't, I just like that aspect of the challenge, like, like trying to figure that out, you know, why they're there, what, what are they using? You know, why are they using it when they're using it? Um, things like that it's part of it's part of the puzzle you know as far as you know that PA pride of trying to be a better woodsman Um, where baiting and I guess you could argue you know baiting's just a small food plot right like I mean it could be it could be right I mean that's a broad term so right I'm friends with uh Kirk Price, who used to hunt with the Untamed, mm-hmm. he now has his own channel. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> it, we were laughing about this because obviously there's people in the industry that bait and they're baiting by legal means, but they'll hide it behind like a log. And I'm like, I'm like not going to throw the people under the bus, but <laughs> like, and, uh, oh, good. He's point. like, his next, uh, like, after we talked, his next story was there's all this corn like spread out he's like i'm not hiding it like it's legal i can do it and uh it's hunt west virginia and he has all the probably a 50 pound bag of corn just all over like right in front of his stand and and his story said food plot came in nice this year (laughs) (laughs) i just started dying laughing i do i do his his instagram probably blew up on that oh yeah but you know what sometimes even I like sticking a knife in there and just twisting it around yeah. a little bit. Some some people yeah. like to see the world burn sometimes. So, yeah, yeah, it's but, it's. But a lot of those guys, they they hunt some of the big archery only areas down there, oh, yeah. and they're killing giants and they're using corn. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't. I've never hunted there, so I can't speak to it. But you know, I just like the challenge. Yeah. I don't. I'm at the age I don't need to kill anything. I feel like I get more enjoyment out of watching my son hunt and and being in the woods with him. And, um, you know, to all the parents out there, like you think your kid's not listening. And he killed a 10 point on the ground the other year. And when he told me what he was thinking, I said, I will never tell you what to do again. Right. Like the, he's literally laid on the ground flat out not leaned up against anything sleeping 
it had just stopped raining and I'm like, well, if anything's going to move, it's going to move now. And I looked down the mountain and there was a buck coming across the ridge below us. And then it started angling towards us and I woke him up and I was like, move your left leg up, move your right leg up. Okay. Sit up, you know, and this buck comes, um, and I'm ranging. And at that time he had a youth crossbow and it was 25 yards, and I'm like, put the top pin on its back, you know, and he goes, he goes, he's he's ready to shoot, and he's like, man, and I'm like, do not shoot there, and because there's like saplings, and uh, he goes, I have to, don't, right, the arrow goes flying, and my first thought was, well, here comes disappointment, and uh, tucks it right behind the shoulder, Anyway, he ends up getting it and we're talking about, we're talking about it while we're sitting there. And I'm like, that was a hell of a shot. And he goes, well, when he hit the opening, his shoulder was back. Um, so I knew I couldn't shoot there. I had to wait for him to take a step and open up the pocket. And I'm like, you thought about like all this, like I have friends my age that wouldn't even consider that. Like they probably try and blow through the front shoulder mm-hmm. and um i'm like all right well you're on your own from now on you pick your spot you know you make sure every you go through the same thought process and you know it's just like i tell him all this stuff and he's not <laughs> he's a very calm kid like he's the opposite of me <laughs> um but like you think things aren't registering and then when when they tell you all this stuff back it's like okay you know like it's clicking i guess things are getting through yeah so just keep teaching your kids and and teach them the right things and now he's finding deer beds on the mountain and picking up like two hairs out of a bed or something and looking at why they bedded there and it's just like it it feels good that that he's picking that kind of stuff up mm-hmm. yeah that that's the uh that's the fruits of your labor you're getting you're getting right. from that so yeah, yeah that's it's, it's, it's exciting like i i i could never hunt again and just talk with him and people are like why don't you let him go on his own i'm like because i want to be with him i don't want to yeah care less what i kill right you know but it's more exciting being there with him yeah that's that's a lot of fun and i look forward to it down the road in my life yeah. and uh until then i have a godson that's uh under under my wing for now and yeah, uh, I'm sure when he gets older, he'll thank me for it, and, and <laughs> I'll have him to help uh, to help me out too. So when I'm old and decrepit and want to kill deer, I'll say, <laughs> "Smack him on the back of the yeah. head! Come on, we gotta go." Um, yeah, well, you still see like uh, Mr. Hayes uh, down at Mossy Oak hunting, yep. and like all the family pictures and stuff, and it's like, wow, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's, to to us, there's nothing better, man. That's where we get our rocks off and. That's the, yeah. the the camaraderie that comes with hunting is it's unbelievable. I've played a lot of sports, yeah. been a part of a lot of different teams of things, and just I just never done anything like that in my life. So, right, and I say like it's the closest thing for me to the military and the brotherhood like you have there. And it's we talked about the cell camps, and it's like man, like during archery season, like we have our little Facebook group with uh, you know it's like four guys three 
Lee, John, Tyler, Bix. So four guys that helped me out. And, like they have cell cams, and when somebody cell cam goes off, like they're blowing the phones just blowing up all through like October, November, and it's like, you see that buck you got on camera, and it's just like it becomes deer camp like every single night, <laughs> right? Through the fall, but yep. the just that brotherhood's awesome. Yep, it's a it's a beautiful thing, but um. We will quit talking everybody's ear off here, at, at <laughs> least for this episode. And um, yeah. before we go, man, uh, you know, tell us about the company, where we can find everything at, where we can order the cameras from, and anything else you want to throw in there. Yeah, um, you can find it at bowcreekoutdoors.com. Um, uh, we sell we sell turkey calls, uh, cameras, and deer feed. Um, should be launching hopefully if the tests keep going well two more cameras this year nice um there'll be similar cameras uh, one will just be a cellular version and um uh one more bow creek outdoors on instagram uh, three words on facebook bow creek outdoors and um yeah I'm terrible at social media, but I'll try and post more. It's all right. I'm I'm here. <laughs> I'll help you. So yeah. Um, but thank you, brother. Thank you for coming on. I really enjoyed the talk. Um, yeah, definitely. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and yeah, we would keep we would keep everybody here all night if if we could. But um, yeah, we'll 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 put this one in the books and uh, guys get out there. Yeah, I know I have a lot of Pennsylvania pride coming from this show's listeners so bow creek outdoors pennsylvania based camera company i don't think that it says it any better than that <laughs> i hope that this this episode helps you out brother and i greatly appreciate you coming through for us yeah no I, thank you for having me i appreciate it we'll check in with you later yeah sounds good have a great season yeah you too you have finished another episode of the Keystone Chronicles podcast. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been an absolute awesome ride on this show. I can't believe the amount of support that I have here uh, on the fan base. And I just want to say thank you to everyone, and especially to everyone that reached out and congratulated me on the baby. And I hope you guys are ready. I got a, I got a whole pile of episodes coming your way. We're going to keep the ball rolling going down this road. I'm having a lot of fun doing this. If you guys know anybody that you think needs to be on the show, please contact me. I love talking to people. I'm a huge bullshitter. If you ever met me in person, I know that you know that. So with that being said, thank you so much. Please go over, subscribe, like, leave a five-star review podcast on Apple or uh, Spotify. Please, thank you. Helps the show. Here we go. Until next week.